وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا قال رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأبدة من لساني يفقه قولي الحديث الرابع دفوت حديث عن عبد الرحمن بن عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه قال حدثنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو صادق المصدوق إن أحدكم يجمع خلقه في بطن أمه أربعين يوما نطفة ثم يكون علقة مثل ذلك ثم يكون مضغة مثل ذلك ثم يرسل إليه الملك فينفخ فيه الروح ويؤمر بأربع كلمات بكتب رزقه وأجله وعمله وشقي أو سعيد فوالله الذي لا إله غيره إن أحدكم لا يعمل بعمل أهل الجنة حتى ما يكون بينه وبينها إلا ذراع فيسبق عليه الكتاب فيعمل بعمل أهل النار فيدخلها وإن أحدكم لا يعمل بعمل أهل الجنة أهل النار حتى ما يكون بينه وبينها إلا ذراع فيسبق عليه الكتاب فيعمل بعمل أهل الجنة فيدخلها رواه البخاري ومسلم So alhamdulillah tonight we will be doing a fourth hadith And this hadith is narrated by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu May Allah be pleased with him He said The messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And he is the truthful, the believed one Narrated to us That indeed the creation of each one of you is brought together In his mother's womb for forty Days in the form of a nutfa, a drop, then he becomes an alaqa, a clot of blood for a like period, meaning for 40 days. Then a mudra, which is a morsel of flesh for a like period, meaning another 40 days. So it's 40 times 3, which is how much? 120 days. Then there is sent to him an angel who blows his soul into him and who is commanded with four matters. Number one, to write down his rizq, his sustenance. To write down his lifespan. To write down his actions and whether he will be happy or unhappy. Yani whether or not he will enter paradise. By the one other than whom there is no deity. Verily one of you performs the actions of the people of paradise until there is but an arm's length between him and it and that which has been written overtakes him. So he acts with the actions of the people of hellfire and thus enters it. And verily one of you performs the actions of the people of the hellfire until there is but an arm's length between him and it, and that which has been written overtakes him. And so he acts with the actions of the people of paradise, and thus he enters it. This hadith is narrated by 
Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim. So Ibn Mas'ud, he says that the Prophet is huwa sadiqul mastuq, meaning that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is sadiq, he is truthful, fi qawlihi, in his speech. Al-musaddaqu fi ma jaa'a bihi min al-wahi. And he is truthful and he believes in that which was sent to him via the wahi. So why do you think, right? Why do you think Ibn Mas'ud is saying at the start of this hadith that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is sadiqul masduq. He is the truthful one and he is the one that needs to believe. Because this hadith has to do with the matters of ilmul, yes, creation, but this is unseen, correct? This is ilmul ghaib. These matters of the unseen. So, this is why Ibn Mas'ud, he says this. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he begins the hadith and he says, يُجْمَعُ خَلْقُهُ فِي بَوْطَنِ أُمِّهِ Meaning, that the water from the male and the water from the females, they come together in the womb of the female. And this is the creation of a human being, of insan, of man. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, خُلِقَ مِمَّا دافق." That khuliqa, that it has been created, we have been created, min ma'in dafiq, from a water gushing forth. Says your tariq. Khuliqa min ma'in dafiq, yakhruju min bayni sulbi wa taraib. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, أَلَمْ نَخْلُكُمْ مِمَّا إِمَّهِينَ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ فِي قَرَارٍ مَكِينَ Surah Mursalat So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That أَلَمْ نَخْلُكُمْ مِمَّا إِمَّهِينَ That he did, right, that we were created from a worthless liquid created you from a worthless request. فَجَعَلْنَاهُ فِي قَرَارٍ مَكِينَ And we put it in a place of the womb. So Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing us that we created you from liquids. Liquid from the male and liquid from the female. They join together and this is what they Formed in the womb of the female, subhanahu wa Formed what? They formed a fetus. And from a fetus we will carry on. And what is meant by the Prophet sallallahu word of bi is khalqul insan. What is meant by his word of the creation is the creation of mankind. And this hadith right, is a beautiful hadith. Because what does it do? 
Zikru atwari khalqil insan. It mentions the stages of the human being. Of the creation of the human being. And Allah, and what is the stages? Number one, an-nutafa. It's just a mere drop. Wahiya ma'ul qalil. And it is just a little water. Nothing much. Number two, al-alaqa. Hiya dammun ghalil. Which is, yani, like a clot of blood. So what happens when you cut yourself? Then your blood clots, right? So that's basically what it is. It's the second stage. The third stage. Al-mudgha. Wahiya qit'atu min al-lahm. And it is a morsel of meat. Right? So this is what it is. It's a morsel of lahm, a morsel of flesh. And where's the fourth one? Doesn't it's so right? Mudha, right? Yes, there we go. And then the fourth stage is what that they blow the ruh into the body after how many days? 120 days. So the hadith carries on, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he says that. Right, the explanation carries on that Anahu Bada Muddi Hadihil Atwar Thalata Wakadruha Miatun wa Isharina Yoma. That these three stages comes to how many days? One hundred and twenty days. Fanufi right Tunfahufihi a ruh and then the ruh is blown into the fetus. So now he's فَيَكُونُ insanan hayyan. So now he is a fetus or a human that is alive after 120 days. And before that, before the 120 days, so 119 days, 118 days, 70 days, 60 days, 50 days, فَهُوَ مَيِّتٌ He was a mayit. And what is a mayit? Something that is dead. There's no life in it. Understood. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Qalu Rabbana. So they said, O oh our Lord. Right? O oh, Qalu Rabbana. Amattana thnaini wa ahyaynata ithnatain. That you were given. Amattana isnatain. That you caused us to die. How many times? Two. Right? Isnatain. Twice. Wa ahyaytana isnatain. And you caused us to live twice. So the first mawtatul ula, the first death. This is before the ruh is blown in. وَالْحَيَاةُ الْأُولَى This is after the ruh has been blown. إِلَى بُلُوغِ الْأَجَلِ 
And what is Ajal? The Catonians like this word. Ajal? Auntie Fatima? The, the Cape Town people, they like to use the word. I say Ajal Khakari. Yes, he got his? He got his there, right? So this is the first life. The first life is from when the ruh is blown into the body until the person passes away. And the second death is min ba'dil maut, which is after death. Ila ba'thi, until resurrection. So after death, until resurrection. Is that understood? Right? The second death is from after death. So you have passed away already. Until the day of resurrection. And the second life is the life after you have been resurrected. So when are you resurrected? On the day of Qiyamah. And this is life forever. Daimatun mustamiratun ila ghayri nihayatin. And this is a life forever which will never ever end. And these four right conditions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says in Surah Al-Hajj Wa huwa alladhi ahyakum and is those that were given life. Thumma yumitukum. And then he caused you to die. Thumma yuhyikum. And then he caused you to live. Innal insana la kafur. And indeed mankind is ungrateful. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says to us also in Surah Al-Baqarah. Kayfa takfuruna billahi. How can someone disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa kuntum amwata that kuntum that you were amwata you were dead fa then you were given life thumma yumitukum and then you died again thumma yuhyikum and then you were given life again thumma ilayhi turja'un and then to Allah you will return so here's a mas'ala that comes up if the fetus right was born after the ruh was blown in so this is after day 120 he will take or she will take the ruling of a wilada of someone that is born. So even if the fetus comes out dead, what do you call this? A stillborn. Right? Stillborn is not alive. Correct? So if it's after 120 days, then it will have ghusl. They will be salatul janaza on them. Understood? But if it's before 120 days, 
Then there's no ghusl and there's no salatul janaza. Why? There was no life. Taib. Beautiful. Right? There is an opinion or there is an opinion of some of the ulama that say that even those children they will have some form of test. Right? So there's two opinions. One opinion says that they are the children of Jannah. Other opinion says that there will be some form of test on Qiyamah. How this test will be, what this test will be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows alone. Right? That we don't know. Then the hadith speaks about that these four things that the angel is going to write. He's going to write for you your risk. From the time you are born until the day you pass away. Where does your risk come from? How much money are you going to earn? How much money are you not going to earn? Are you going to have a job? Are you not going to have a job? There's all forms part of the sustenance. And remember that it is He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is a sustainer. Whatever you were supposed to get, you will get. And whatever you weren't supposed to get, it won't reach you. And your death, your death is written when you will pass away. What is also written is whether it will be a male or a female. It is written. Allah knows. Shaqeen or Sa'id. Whether it's someone that's going to be unhappy or someone that will be happy. So here's a question that comes up. Is knowing the gender of the child, right? Knowing the gender of the baby. Is this of the unseen or not? From the unseen. From the unseen? Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, That is, He who creates in the womb. How He wills. So, you're saying it's from the unseen. <coughs> but if you go for ultrasound, they tell you, it's a boy or a girl. So now you're dwelling in the unseen. So the ulama, they explain, and they say, that yes, you go, you can see that it's a boy or a girl, fine. But your knowledge stops, they correct? Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge, it's beyond that. It's a boy or it's a girl. When will they die? When will they be born? Okay, but you know you book for a Caesar on that day? Okay, fine. But there's still a possibility that Allah forbid something can happen. There's still a possibility the child, wa billah, the umbilical cord can get tied around his neck. We've seen this. The child passes away. You didn't know that. You see the difference? That your knowledge is only, it's a limited knowledge that we have. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how the money will come into his life. 
How will the child be sustained? Will the child be a child of Jannah? Will the child be the child of Jahannam? All this is in the knowledge, the infinite knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, right, different stages or different conditions of people with regards to their beginnings and with regards to their endings, the Sheikh he divides it into four or he gives us four groups. Number one, he says that the beginning of the person is good and the ending of the person is good as well. Right? And this is something that we all should desire for. We should all want this. That our beginnings was good and oh Allah, make our ending also good. The second group, he says, Man kanat bidayatuhu wa The beginning of these were bad. right? They were just bad. And they ended also on a bad note. Wa na'udhu billah. Right, so we don't want to be of those. The third group is that كانت بدايته حسنة that the beginning was good ونهايته سيئة but they ended off on a bad note. And we ask Allah to protect us from that. So an example of this is that someone that someone for example they were brought up in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they were brought up in that but they became murtad for example so the beginning was good but the ending was bad and number four the beginning was bad hasana. But the ending was good. Like who? For example, the magicians in the time of Fir'aun. They started off as bad. They wanted to challenge Musa. But they ended up as what? Amanu bi Rabbi Haruna wa Musa. But they ended off believing in the Lord of Harun and Musa. Another example of this would be a river to Islam. So when they were born, they were born into Christianity, into Judaism, into any other religion but Islam. They grew up like this. But then Allah granted them hidayah and they saw the light and they embraced Islam. Understand? So this is the four categories. And the last Right? And then the author, he says, وَالْحَالَتَانِ الْأَخِيرَتَانِ دَلَّ عَلَيْهِمَا هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ That the last two groups that we spoke, right? Group number three, just to recap, بِدَايَةُ سَيِّئَةُ His beginning was bad, وَنِهَايَةُ سَيِّئَةُ No, sorry. Number three, that was number two. Number three, بِدَايَةُ حَسَنَةُ وَنِهَايَةُهُ سَيِّئَةُ his beginning was good, but his ending was bad. And then the fourth one was the opposite. His beginning was bad, and his ending was good. So he says that this hadith indicates 
to these two categories. It shows that indeed mankind, they would do the actions. الَّذِي فِيهِ سَعَادَتُهُ Which is سَعَادَتُهُ Which will bring happiness to him. Or And it can bring hardship to him as well. And this, my beloved brothers, also we need to understand and sisters, is بِمَشِيَتِهِ وَإِرَادَتِهِ And this is with his own doings and his own will. But it does not come out of the realm of the irada and the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, mankind has choice, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows what choice he would have made. Imam An-Nawawi rahimallahu ta'ala He mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says Inna ladina amanu That Inna ladina amanu That those who believe Wa'amilu salihat And do righteous deeds Inna la nudi'u ajra man ahsana amala That they do not lose any reward. Man ahsana amala. Don't waste the reward. So, what is this hadith? What do we understand from this verse? That indeed your actions, annal amala salih, that your righteous actions, من المخلص يقبل وإذا سنسيه it will be accepted وإذا حصل قبول بوعد الكريم أمن مع ذلك من سوء خاتمة فالجواب من وجهين so what's what's happening here you do good actions right you do good deeds in your life but come towards the end of life then you start doing bad and your ending is bad. So how do we look at this type of situation? So he says that number one, يَكُونَ ذَلِكَ مُعَلَّقًا عَلَى شُرُوطِ الْقَبُولِ وَحُسْنِ الْخَاتِمَةِ That it might be that it is attached or joined with the conditions of acceptance and husnil khatima and a good ending wa yahtamilu anna man amana wa akhlasa al-amala la yukhtamu lahu daiman illa khair number 2 that your bad ending right it can be fi haqqi man asaa al-amal from the righteous of or the right thing of doing bad deeds. Or it can be that you mix up your good deeds with bad deeds. And this is meant by the Prophet ﷺ where he says at the end of the 
hadith that verily one of you performs the actions of the people of paradise until there is but an arm's length between him and it and that which has been written overtakes him and so he acts with the actions of the people of the hellfire and thus he enters it and verily one of you who performs the actions of the people of the hellfire until there is but an arm's length between him and it and that which has been written overtakes him and so he acts with the actions of the people of paradise and thus he enters it so let us look at some of the benefits that we can derive from this hadith the first benefit is that we learned and we studied the different stages of development number two we also learned that the soul is blown into the body of a, after 120 days we also learned that the angels that the malaika man huwa muwakkalu bil arham that they are the wakil that they are responsible for the arham for the wombs number four wujubul imani bil ghaib that from this hadith also it is derived that we need to believe it is wajib to believe in what in the ghaib in the unseen also it is wajib number five to believe in qadr decree and we discussed this last week and the week before the next point and this is also an important point that actions <coughs> that actions are judged on your ending as well so many a times we start off well we start off doing things good with a good intention but sometimes subhanallah is a possibility that we end off bad and this is why we should always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us steadfast right until we pass away also this hadith it teaches us to bring together khawf, fear and raja and hope we should never be of those people that just fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time constantly you just in the state of panic just in the state of fear I'm going to Jahannam, right? That's all. Or you're the opposite again. Allah, you know what? Allah is Ghafuru Rahim. Let me, I can drink, I can smoke, I can do whatever I want to. Because Allah is Ghafuru Rahim. Are you going to forgive me? So a Muslim is that Bain al Khawf wa Raja is between fear and hope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this brings us to the end of this hadith we're going to look at the next hadith hadith number 5 al-hadith al-khamis an ummi al-mu'minin ummi abdillahi aishata radiyallahu anha qalat qala rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو رد 
رواه البخاري ومسلم وفي رواية لمسلم من عمل عملا ليس عليه أمرا فهو رد This hadith is narrated by Um, the mother of the believers. Why is Aisha radiallahu anha called the mother of the believers? She was one of the wives of the Prophet of the sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then the Prophet sallallahu it says an ummil mu'mineen Ummi Abdillah The mother of Abdullah Now we know That Aisha radiallahu anha Never had Children But here see here They call her Ummi Abdillah How's this? A kunya But she never had children Yeah it's right it's right What do you say? It was a nephew. But this also teaches us that it is fine even if you don't have children. You can. Like for example, Imam An-Nawawi Rahimallah. He never had children. He was never married. But he was known as Abu Zakaria. Right? You find people that don't have kids. But they're known as Abu Abdurrahman, Abu Abdullah. Understood? Of what? What is it? Oh. <laughs> then the hadith it starts and it says that whomsoever introduces something into this matter of ours which is not from it, فَهُوَرَدْ it will be rejected. In another narration it says. Man amila, that whomsoever does an action, man amila amalan, laysa alayhi amruna, which is not from the matter of ours, fahuwa raddun, it will be rejected. This hadith, right, is the foundation of our actions. Why am I saying that? That you cannot do actions unless it is in conformity with the Sharia. Correct? You cannot do actions if it is not in conformity with the Sharia. We're talking about Ibadah. Right? Can you make Five raka'ats for the word Khalid. Why? Why? He was only taught four. Right? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught you, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Make salah as if you have seen me make salah. So the question that obviously always comes up is that why when we give the example of salah, everyone understands that. It's ibadah. 
But when you give the example of, for example, Mawlud, or you give the example of Khatat, now people say no, man. It's a different story. If you don't know, Alhamdulillah, Allah has saved you. Right? If you don't know what is Khatat, that's good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected you, my boy. Say Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Right? So the author he says, if a person does a form of ibadah, like wudu, like ghusl from janaba, like performing salah, and any other form of ibadah, and it goes against the sharia, meaning that teachings which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came and he taught us, فَإِنَّهَا تَكُونُ مَرْدُودَةً Then know that this will be rejected. It won't be accepted. And this is based on what? This is based on the hadith that we have just mentioned. وَيَدُلُّ الْحَدِيثُ عَلَىٰ أَنَّمَا نِبْتَدَعَ بِدْعَةً لَيْسَ لَهَا أَصْلٌ فِي الشَّرْعِ فَهِيَ مَرْدُودَةٌ And this is the key. That this hadith indicates to us that whomsoever introduces a bid'ah and it has no asal, no foundation in the sharia, then it is rejected. And the person that does this, he needs to be or get a stern warning against doing this. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says with regards to the city of Medina, man ahdatha fiha, and whosoever does an innovation in the city of Medina, hadathan. أو آوى محدثا فعليه لعنة الله والملائكة والناس أجمعين. So someone he does an innovation in the city of Medina, or he is protected. You protect someone that is doing bid'ah. Allah's curse is upon you. The malaika's curse is upon you, and the whole of humanity's curse is upon you. This hadith is found in Bukhari and Muslim. Yes, that hadith is specific for Medina. So the hadith, it mentions the word rad, rejected. Mardudun alayhi, that it will be rejected, null and void. Now, 
here I want to also explain something that the author brings. He says, and what does not come under this hadith? مَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمَصَالِهِ فِي حِفْظِ الدِّينِ Something which is there in the protection of the religion. أو موصلا إلى فهمه ومعرفته Or something which is going to lead you to understand the deen better and ma'rifati and know the deen better. For example, jam'ul Qur'an. The gathering of the Qur'an into the mushaf or like we see it today. So in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the Qur'an was written on different pieces, different objects. For example, they would have a bark of a tree. They would have hide of the animal. And that's how the Qur'an was preserved at that time. The time of Abu Bakr, many of the Hufad were killed. Some of the Sahaba came to him and they said, hey, Abu Bakr, you need to make jam of the Qur'an. He said, how can I do something that wasn't there? The time of the Prophet. Right? I'm not going to go into too much detail because first of all, right, that is the, the, the still sunnah of whatever the four Khalifas did. It's number one. Number two, this was it, it was for the embitterment of the Ummah. And this is why they made it. Or for example, Tadwinu ulum lugha annahu hadith tafsir. Tadween o nasha'a. Right? To bring forth, to gather the sciences of hadith. It wasn't in the time of the Prophet In the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, there was hadith, yes. But no one classified hadith as sahih and ta'if, as authentic and weak, correct? There was no such subject, for example, as usul al-fiqh, how fiqh was developed and all this. This all came over time. This is not innovations. This is not bid'ah. This is what you call maslaha. This is for the betterment of the ummah. Understood? This is an important point. Then also what doesn't come under this hadith is obviously technology. Right, so someone will say, yeah, you talk about Bida, so go ride a camel. Because you must be that drunk, right? So go ride a camel. Why you live in a house, go live in a tent. This is of ignorance, this is of foolishness that people would tell you these things. Because what is meant by this hadith, that whatever is in the form of the deen, of religion, and it wasn't in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, then it will be rejected. That was that point. Then the next point the author brings, he says that this hadith indicates to us that all actions which is against the Sharia wasn't found, practiced by the Prophet ﷺ, it will be rejected. 
So here he is, and then he says, right, and this is important. وَلَوْ كَانَ قَصْدُ صَاحِبِهِ حَسَنًا And even if his intention was good. So this takes out what type of bidah? Good bidah. Right? So you hear people that come to you, ah, this is a, it's a good bidah. Or make maulud good bidah. Right? Make hadat good bidah. Right? Make ashra college good bidah. What's wrong if you make salah on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Nothing wrong. Right? That's what they tell you. We only remember in Allah what's wrong. And then this reminds me of the story of Sa'id ibn Musayyab. It's very profound. He says that one day, when Masjid Nabawi, and it's time for Fajr, and this person is making two rakats, and he's making two rakats, and he's making two rakats, and he's just carrying on. So Sa'id ibn Musayyib, he says, you know what, brother? It's altered now. Why are you making this? It's not the sunnah of the Prophet What was his response to Sa'id ibn Musayyib? His response was, is Allah going to punish me for making salah? So have you not heard this before? Someone said, can Allah straf for Quran bacha? Is Allah going to punish us for making dhikr? Is Allah going to punish us for making salawat? So what does Sayyid ibn Musayyab say? He says, Allah is not going to punish you for making salah. Allah is going to punish you for not following the sunnah of the Prophet Do you see the difference? That is it. You doing this, you doing that, you making extra this, extra that. That was not found by the Prophet ﷺ, reciting the Burda, doing this and doing that. Even with your good intention, this is going to be rejected because it was not done by the first three generations. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said regarding the first three generations, خَيْرٌ نَاسِ قَرْنِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يُلَقْنِ that the best of the people, the best of the ummah, is my generation, the companions, and then the people after them, and the people after them. Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala, on commenting on the verse of Al-Yawma Akmaltu Lakum Deenakum, that on the day Allah has perfected you, you for your religion, and He chose for you the deen of Islam, so he says that whosoever says that Muhammad sallallahu whosoever introduces something into this religion it is as if you are saying that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam deceived the ummah. Why would he say something like that? Because with you doing an innovation or someone doing an innovation indirectly he's saying that I know better than Muhammad sallallahu so what are some of the benefits of this hadith? Number one, it is that innovations in the deen is haram. Number two, any actions which is built 
upon through innovation will be rejected. Even if it has a good intention. His next point he brings and he says that um, of the benefits of this hadith is one of the last points that I mentioned as well which is he says that obviously it is only of the matter of deen of the sharia that fits under this hadith so again just to recap for example like making ibadat that is not of the Prophet and that will fall under. As for dunya things, for example, technology, example, using plates, forks and other things, don't let people fool you by saying that this is, you know, part of bid'ah and you must go backwards. No, that is incorrect understanding of the hadith. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk.